Hello, hello, Aisha Grove here, the host of the Encouraged Overcomer podcast. I just want to say welcome. I'm so glad that you showed up today. You are here and ready for this discussion, and I'm excited for you to walk away encouraged. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Encouraged Overcomer podcast. I'm your host, Aisha Grove, and I'm glad that you're taking time out of your day to spend it with me. I am so excited about this three-part series on grace. That is what we are covering. So whether it is your first time or you are a regular listener, if you are dealing with any insecurities about how God sees you, then please listen to the first episode on grace that is titled Grace is for You because I go into all of that so that you can really recover from the mindset that God is just out to get you. Today we are talking about grace versus legalism. Now in the previous episode, I shared that our Christian foundation is based upon grace. And so grace can be seen as God's unmerited favor. It is something that's not given to us through our actions. It is freely given by God through Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. Legalism is based on the idea that we can earn our way to God through our actions. So today I'm going to talk about the dangers of having a legalistic mindset and the impact that it can have on our faith, as well as how we can embrace God's grace fully and let go of some of those legalistic or cultural tendencies that we seem to put on ourselves. Legalism happens when we add or we tag things on to God's grace. Like I mentioned in the first part of this series, when we talked about Adam and Eve and how she talked about God said, do not eat nor touch the fruit. And that tripped her up and we can do this in our day-to-day life. And so those things that we tag on to God's grace are the things that confuse us. They keep us stuck. They make us judge others or they make us imprison ourselves because we're not reaching a certain standard or expectation that we feel we should. And this is a trap. Living this way can give someone the false impression that they're closer to God or that they are right with God. And I remember just thinking about this as a teenager and into my early 20s as I was going through Bible college. And I was a part of a ministry where they taught a lot about standards, so much so that the grace of God felt secondary to all of the things that we were doing. It seemed like the focus was on character and discipline and prayer and Bible reading and all of the things that you think would make up a good, wholesome Christian or a good, wholesome walk with God. Now, I want to just take you into these moments of how I felt while I was working in that ministry. I remember being in Bible college and just having that butterfly feeling in my stomach and just feeling stressed out when I knew it was time to go to dress check. Dress check was where you had to get in a line with all of the other students who were a part of the college, and you would go up to one of the dorm supervisors, and they would actually have you come up one by one, 
and turn around in a circle so that they could do a full scan on your appearance. And they would have a ruler in hand and they would use it to measure the slit in your skirt or your dress to make sure that it was four inches or less. And it had to be a sewn slit. I remember that I didn't have a sewing kit and I did what any resourceful person would do. I would safety pin my skirt all the way to that four inch mark just to make sure I was in dress code but then sometimes I would fail when they would find out that it was safety pinned and not sewn and so it was very stressful not only that but the dresses had to be knee length and so when you sat down they did not want to see your kneecap it could not go above that and if so you would fail dress code and that was terrifying for me I was and still am a curvy woman and so I would see these girls going through their dress check and they would pass and it was because they were a smaller frame and you know I was just not built that way and so I would try to wear these straight style skirts that I thought were cute these pencil skirts and it just hugged my curves and so I would fail a lot <laughs> and it was just I would cry sometimes because I'd be so annoyed that I would have to go back to my dorm room and change and then have to try to find something else that I could wear and then go back down get dress checked and then I would be able to go to chapel now not only did they check your length of your dress they also made sure that when you had a shirt on they would put their fingers in your collarbone or tell you to do it and it could only be three fingers or higher closest to your collarbone and if it wasn't then again you had to either take it and pin it up so that it was or you failed dress check and you had to change your outfit completely and of course if anything was too tight or just too sheer if anything was cut off at the arms like you had to have cap sleeves or some kind of sleeve on your dress or you failed now the idea behind this was just to be above reproach and also make sure that we were dressed in a way that wouldn't cause men to be tempted and I am telling you I got creative okay I made sure I was wearing layers I got sweaters I had a blazer that would just go past my hips just so that I can pass dress code and it was just something that we did and they didn't announce it well in advance or anything like that it was a surprise for everyone. So once in a while, we would just hear on the intercom, ladies, please report to your dress code places. And so we knew that we had to go down there. And there were just so many rules and standards that were placed upon us. Things like you had to be sitting no closer than six inches away from somebody that you were sitting with on a date during chapel or wherever you were or you were not allowed in these zones or these areas of the school because they wanted to avoid things happening and it was just a lot there were students that were expelled for maybe kissing or holding hands or being alone when they weren't supposed to and you had college students leaving college and going off and just eloping and it was all kinds of things going on there that just were not okay and I'm not here to judge whether the things people did were right or wrong. I know that I was on the other side sometimes in situations where I was just like really? I remember I was working as a waitress and I was working overnight and 
I was living on campus, but on the weekends, I worked as a server in a restaurant that was near my house, and it wasn't too far from where the college was, and so I would go work my shift, and I would come back into the dorms. Now, I tried to get earlier shifts on the weekends, but then it cut into my soul winning or my visitation time. Now, that was a whole nother thing. It was like every Saturday, you would get dressed up like you were going to church, but you would go out to various locations in either Indiana or near Chicago, and you would invite people to church, people that were out and about, or you would go door knocking and knock on their doors and invite them to church. But also the main purpose was to tell them about Jesus and to get them saved and and talk about salvation and how they can trust Christ as their savior. And so we would go around telling people about Jesus. We would tally off the numbers of people that accepted Christ that day. And we would celebrate the wins and we would go door knocking for an hour or two, maybe three, depending on which bus route you were on and also your pickup and drop off location. And it was, it was a lot. I remember feeling so guilty that I was working on a Saturday instead of going soul winning. And then you would hear in the sermon the next day or the next week that like some of y'all are sitting in here, but you weren't out door knocking yesterday and you were just being lazy and, you know, doing whatever you want to do and you weren't listening to the spirit and things like that messages that were so conflicting because in my heart I'm like of course of course I want to tell people about Jesus but at the same time I have a bill I have a tuition that I have to pay and I'm not relying on my parents I'm paying my bill I'm trying to make it happen and do what I have to do I remember working overnight shifts as a waitress and still being in my my server outfit at six in the morning because sometimes I work on a Saturday, sometimes I work from 10 p.m. to six in the morning. So the bus company was near my um, restaurant that I worked at. And so my bus captain, he would just be like, hey, we got you, we'll pick you up straight from there. And I'd be like, thank you so much because it would get me to the church and then also back to the dorms where I originally stayed for the majority of the time. And so I would sleep on the bus on the way to go pick kids up and then be there all day just tired taking a nap after the service on the way to drop kids off and there was a whole afternoon program on Sundays where they would have teens there so that they were doing productive good things you know during the middle of the day and then they would go right into night church which was the evening service on Sundays and not only that it was just a lot then Wednesday night church listen if you missed people would talk about you people would be like oh that's not gonna make a good wife that's not gonna make a good husband because they don't show up to the the services or to soul winning there was a lot of pressure now back to my late night moment where I had to try to sneak into the dorms because I was working a late night shift at work as a waitress I was supposed to get off at a certain time. However, one of the servers didn't show up, so I had to work in a little later to cover that shift. And so instead of getting off earlier in the day on that Saturday, I got off a little bit later. Now, I was about 40 minutes away from the college at the time, and it was winter time, so it was cold. And if you know Chicago area, then you know that it was freezing and there's a lot of snow on the roads and it's just hard to get from one place to the next when the weather is crazy like it is 
but I was like, I need to get back to the dorm in time because curfew is here and there were lights out. I believe it was 11, maybe 11.30, but I was like late. I was like maybe 30 minutes to an hour past the curfew time. And I drove into the campus, parked my car, and I called or texted one of my roommates and was like, hey, like I'm just getting in. I'm going to need you to sneak me in through the basement door of this dormitory so that I can get into my room and try to like sneak in basically. And so my friend was like, yeah, I got you. Just let me know when you're here, when you're close. And so I told her and got to the door. She let me in. I hurried up, ran upstairs and just walked on the dormitory floor as though I had already been there and just like settled in, brushed my teeth, got ready for bed. And then this was already after they did room checks. Now, they came back to our room because the first time that they came, I wasn't in there. And they do a check to see, like, is everybody here in this room? So, obviously, they come back and now they see me. And they're like, what were you doing? Where were you? And I'm like, oh, I'm here. We're good. We're all good. And it was just kind of like, okay. Now, the dorm supervisor was like, okay, just don't do that again. And I felt bad at the same time I'm just like why am I doing this why am I sneaking around like this and I think it was at that point that I was just like listen I'm gonna be off campus from this point forward because this just this dorm life is just not for me you would get written up for stuff like that and it was just a lot I mean I was on my own at 18 I had already gone out of the house I was trying to take care of my college tuition and pay my bills and at the same time I was just had the weight of like family on my heart and my mind and just like some of that was still my responsibility helping some of my family at times and so it was a lot and I just I was like this isn't for me it made me feel like I just had no character and I just couldn't stick it out and I'm sure a lot of people felt that way, but I want to share that that was such a dangerous place to be because of all of those rules and strict standards and ways of living. There were so many people that just turned bitter towards God, towards that ministry, and even the word Christianity was a sour taste in their mouth. Now, I will say that it wasn't all bad, and I did learn a lot of things about myself and also just got to meet some pretty amazing people that to this day are some of my best friends. And then for me, it was like, I do love God. I do want to serve God. I do believe in God. And I don't agree with some of these things. And that doesn't make me less of a Christian. And I was trying to go through this whole reconstruction process where I had to take away those thoughts and some of those things that I put onto myself and start to live and relive in God's grace. And it helped me to determine what I do or don't want for my life and in my life. And it also helped me to realize that when you're dealing with people and you're putting so much emphasis on the outward, what you're doing, the character, discipline, all of this, and it's just like you may not have the intention of like this is what you need to do to be with God, to connect to God, but there are a lot of people that will take it that way, especially when there's so much emphasis on that and less emphasis on God's grace. Legalism takes emphasis off the major and puts it on the minor. It takes personal opinion and makes it law. And again, it will cause 
confusion. It will cause rebellion. It will cause bitterness in these communities where we're just meant to be in relationship with God. I think about the verse, Romans 2, 28 to 29. It says, For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of man, but of God. Now, Paul was writing this to the people, telling them, listen, stop being concerned with your cultural differences and know that they are still inwardly claiming Jesus and they are followers of him. And that's what matters. And we put so much on cultural things that we make it the rule we make it the standard we make it the reality in a lot of people's lives and it's wrong a lot of times when people talk like this and they start to expose the fact that legalism is wrong then the rebuttal to that is well you just want to live in your sin and you're not right with god and that's just an excuse to just go around and do whatever it is that you want to do and you're not surrendered to god and i want to say that that is not always the case in some cases there is definitely truth to that because there are teachings out there that i want to warn you of that are like just go out and do whatever you want. You don't have to think about any of this. God doesn't care about what you do in your life. And like all of that, where there's this disconnection with the relationship with God. And so you have the extreme on one side, which is legalism. And then you have the extreme on the other side that's like, we're just preaching grace and they're using that as an excuse. However, what I want to propose to you today is that grace is sufficient for all of that. There is grace plus nothing else. It's grace and grace alone. And that own thought that someone would give their life for me and for you should encourage you and uplift you to have hope and to live in a way where you're honoring that relationship. We need to own the power that is within us when we trust Christ. We need to believe what the word says when it says that we are a new creature in Christ. We need to let go of what our old thought processes were and take on the mind of Christ. And that is the difference of living in grace because grace exudes love. Grace is hope. Grace is truth. Grace is mercy. And then when we have an understanding of that, we can extend that grace to other people. That's why Paul talked about not focusing on circumcision because he was in the presence of God's grace and he was able to extend that to other people. I'm not expecting you to believe everything I say. I'm expecting you to listen to what I say and do your own research and study on this and learn for yourself and decide for yourself what that will look like in your own life. And I want to encourage you that if you are currently in a legalistic situation or you are recovering from a legalistic situation to talk to someone. A lot of times we go through things and we think we're over it and we're okay until later something comes up that triggers us and then we feel a certain way about it and we're not sure what to do or how to get past it. So please make it a point to get some help if you have had a traumatic situation within what I'm sharing today. And also just know that we are all 
in need of God's grace today. And so if you are someone who is my good friend and you're like, well, hey, I still go to this church and what does she think of me? And I am not here to judge anyone. I, I love you. I am not here to tell you what to do or that you're wrong. We're all a work in progress at the end of the day. Now, I want to share some tips with you on how you can embrace grace fully and let go of some of that legalism, culturalism, perfectionism, those things that we put on ourselves, the weight that we carry around with us that we think is coming from God, but it's us doing it to ourselves. The first thing that I would say for you to really live in God's grace fully is number one, challenge those thoughts that are apart from God's grace that you have either about yourself or about others. Look to his word, look to his promises, and ask yourself what he really thinks about you. And if you're not sure where to start, start on the subject of God's love or God's grace. And it will reveal to you some things that you've said or you've thought that are not the truth. That is the first challenge that I gave to you. And the second challenge is extend grace to yourself and to others throughout this process. Be kind to yourself and know that this is a work in progress. We want things to be right. We want things to be perfect. But in reality, we're going to mess up. But when we come to Jesus and we share that space with him and we allow him in, then we can completely and fully understand his grace and just be embraced by it and be free of judgment. I hope this episode has helped you today. Be sure to leave a review. Let me know what you thought. Share this with a loved one. And I'm looking forward to the next episode. Have a great day and stay encouraged. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. If this was valuable to you, please be sure to leave a review. Hit that subscribe button so that you are notified when the next episode launches. And also be sure to share this with someone you love. If you are looking for more resources on how to stay encouraged, please click the link in the description and I'll be happy to serve you. I'm looking forward to the next time. Stay encouraged.